Look, I, I think because we are such a global economy now, um, we are going to be under a lot of price pressure. But I think what we've really got to look back, and it's, it's going to go in a completely different way than probably what you were, your question has gone, I think we need to understand that retailing has changed per se in Australia. Now, what do I mean by that? So um, our labour costs are fairly expensive compared to the rest of the world. I think we sit in either second or the third um, highest labour costs in the world, and you're not going to be able to change that. I think we sit somewhere between three and number seven on rent costs in Australia. Now we've just talked about deflation in clothing and I have to agree with you. So we've also got some very smart landlords who are moving away from um, the clothing, footwear, personal accessories area and they're putting in food and we've actually seen in the retail industry what's happened with Sumo Salad where they've actually uh, come up and said there are so many food people in that in those spaces that they can't compete any longer. And I think the big issue that for retail facing Australia at the moment is the cost of the landlord. Now, what do I mean by that? So most landlords are working on either a 5% year-on-year increase or a CPI plus two. Now, we've just talked about deflation. Clothing is sitting about 0.9 and footwear slightly higher. How could any retailer justify paying a year-on-year increase of CPI plus 2 or 2.5%, which is probably going to equate to around about 45 or 5%, or paying a straight 5% year-on-year increase when they're in a market that's virtually going backwards. Now, you can't do it. Unfortunately, I think the property people have really got to wake up to this. And I think what you're going to see as the internet becomes stronger and as we see store sizes change, I think Barangaroo, where David Jones is, is a typical example of what we're going to see in retail. We're seeing retailers look at the size of their footprint and bring their size of their shop down. And that's not just going to be department stores, that's going to be across the board in fashion. Uh, if you can have a tablet in your store, um, somebody comes in to try the jacket on and there might be five different colours in the jacket in five different sizes and the customer tries the black one on but they want the orange one and then they can go back to their workplace and have it delivered within a couple of hours why do you need 120 or 130 square meter stores so I think we're going to see some really big structural changes and I don't think that the landlords have really come to grips with it I think it's, uh, you know, the, the issue around rent is actually something I hear from, from our clients. Yeah, uh, couldn't uh, agree more because uh, um, we've we been doing like a, a 2018's budget review uh, last month in January. And so we have one side, we have very ambitious uh, expand a plan. On the other side, it's like, uh, what's the cost? And our CFO says, what? The next year, eventually, even with current size, like uh, uh, 21 shops across the Australian, we possibly gonna pay extra half million dollars on the rent, so we have to leave with a part of the like kind of the cash to make sure that we have enough money to pay the rent instead of book or open more shops. That's kind of the challenge. Uh, on top of that, you need considering the the salaries increase and the annual annual increase, and uh, also. Um, another thing surprised our CFO because he also come from Canada is like a payroll tax. He said it's it's a should encourage us in, uh, recruit more uh, staff, but why we need to pay this uh, payroll tax for him? He called this as a hidden cost in Australia. <laughs> so, but anyway, it is what it is. We're learning from it, um, but it's kind of the cost we need facing uh, in the coming year.
I wanted to actually to talk a little bit about the consumer uh, and how we spend and what we spend on. And one of the comments that I get often from our clients is, oh, you know, Joan, people are buying less stuff and more things, more experiences. And uh, we actually did a little bit of work around that because it's a comment that we hear really consistently. And actually, when you drill down to the ABS data, it's not true. So if you look uh, within discretionary spending, if you look at nominal sales numbers, there's no doubt that the nominal sales of discretionary services is growing faster than discretionary goods. But that's because prices for discretionary goods are falling or or flat at best. Uh, Whereas actually in the services space, there's still some pricing power, there's still prices going up. So then if you look at uh, sales in volume terms, volume sales of discretionary goods are growing faster than discretionary services. So it's not true that we're no longer buying things, we're only buying experiences. We're actually buying things, we're just paying less for them. I think the types of products we're buying is also changing. So let me give you a couple of examples. People now will have at least, well, they'll have more than one TV in their home, generally. Most people will have an iPad or a, a, a number of mobiles. I think the, the statistics are there are most average households have six connected devices. There's also a little bit of a, a shift in the fact that if you've got the TV set, then you want the Netflix or whatever it may be. So there's a cost being involved in that, or it's the Foxtel or whatever uh, the latest... Uh, is and then obviously you've got internet costs and you've got mobile phone costs so although I agree with you that we are buying still quite a lot of hard products there's also the added costs of some of the other things when I talk about the experiences you've only got to walk down the street on a Sunday morning go past your local cafe and there's probably not a seat to be had if you did that 10 years ago or five years ago even it probably wasn't the case (music) 